What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to go over the big trades that were made in the different draft picks for the 2021 NFL Draft. I've been thinking about a couple of different things to podcast about, and then this trade and then the subsequent trade come in, and I felt like I needed to address it and talk about what my thoughts were because I had some pretty instant thoughts about the scenario and what it means for the quarterback carousel, one of the most important games of musical chairs available in the in sports today. And it seems like some pieces got ferreted out. Some of the chairs got taken up today. And uh, I wanted to go over what that meant and what I think that these moves are telegraphing for the rest of the teams that are involved here. So let's first talk about the trade that started this. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins trading the number three pick to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, first off, it's been pretty locked in for some time that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't seem to be making any waves about it. So that's good to go. And that's going to be the Jaguars quarterback for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. So all of the different things that took place today happen within that bubble where Jacksonville is going to take Trevor Lawrence as well. They should. I love the way he looks. I can't claim to watch every game that he's played or the like, because I'm so focused on NFL football, but every time that I've ever seen him, he screams to me that he's a top NFL prospect and granted he's had NFL prospects around him uh, at Clemson as well. But at the same time, I just love the physical tools that he shows. I love the arm strength. I love the way he runs around. I love the size I think he can offer you enough of the prototypical quarterback things that you need to go along with your the ability to get away from pressure within the pocket and then do something with it once you've gotten away from that pressure and created that extra time. And I definitely see that in Trevor, absolutely. And I'm interested to see what Jacksonville can put around him to you know make him a successful quarterback going forward. I'm ho- more hopeful about Jacksonville's situation than I have been sometime Most of that's based on Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, it's also based on them turning the corner and going with Urban Meyer and a different situation with their coaching and scouting and the like. So that's all good to go. And, you know, typically when that's the case, the second pick is the pick that's up for sale. And that's the pick that, you know, ends up getting traded for, for a King's ransom. And I have to think that the 49ers are aware of this and even being so traded for the number three pick and what this telegraphs to me. And I think it's pretty elementary that this is the case is that the jets are locked in taking Zach Wilson number two overall. So when that's the case, when they aren't open for business, that's the only reason that you trade for the number three pick. The only other explanation would be that it doesn't matter to San Francisco, whether they get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, they just want whoever the next best guy is after the New York jets take theirs. And I was kind of locked in on that. The jets were probably going to stick with Sam Darnold and they were going to, you know, try and draft him some help finally at number two, or they were going to make this trade and get about a bounty of picks like the San Francisco 49ers gave up, which of course, if you haven't heard already, 
doubtful you're listening to this podcast, but at the same time, we'll go ahead and say it. The Dolphins trade the number three pick in exchange for the 12th pick, a third round pick this year, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. So that's the first part of the dominoes that fell today. The fact that the 49ers traded up to number three and, you know, you don't make that kind of trade unless it's a trade up to get a quarterback. But my larger overall point is that if the Jets were open for business, they would have gotten this trade. Maybe they have gotten a fraction more because it's number two, but this is the kind of package that you're expecting for the number two pick if it was open for business. So the logic is the Jets are locked onto their guy at number two. The 49ers have now come to that realization, and number three becomes the destination pick at that point for a team that needs a quarterback. And, of course, it's of some debate amongst Dolphins fans whether they found their guy or not, but you can't really bail on Tua at this point without having given him a real chance to succeed in the first place. So, you know, the dolphins were open for business and they got a, you know, they got some good picks in exchange. This seems to be the amount of haul that I would expect for a move like that. And, you know, had they stayed at 12, I think they still could have gotten somebody of quality, but it also telegraphed something that Miami was looking to do when they made the second trade. But first let's finish up with the jets and then San Francisco portion of this, because now it looks like it's going to go Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then Justin Fields, I would think. Now, none of this is set in stone. It's not set in stone until somebody submits the card and Roger Goodell goes up there and announces it. But it seems to be pretty telegraphed at this point. Like I said, unless the 49ers are absolutely good with whichever quarterback is going to fall for to them at three, which could absolutely be the case. It has must've been telegraphed to them in some way that Zach Wilson was going to be the picket too. Or like I said, they could not care either way, which is fair. I like Zach Wilson and I like Justin Fields as well. Not on the same level as Trevor Lawrence, but when I watch the tape on either one of those quarterbacks, I, I can see why NFL talent evaluators are looking at these guys and saying, okay, I see NFL talent here. I think this is someone that we can build around. So, yeah, it was interesting that this trade kind of let us know two different things rather than just one. Now, we still don't know on the San Francisco side what this means as far as the starter in 2021 is going to be. I thought for sure when I saw the trade initially that that meant that Jimmy G was for sure going to be on the outs in San Francisco and he would be on his way to the New England Patriots or something along those lines, you know, pretty shortly thereafter. I mean, typically, if that's your plan, you know, you've got this second move set up where you're going to get value for Jimmy G. And, you know, there's plenty of quarterback needy teams that could use him at this point. I mean, some of them have kind of shored up their ranks, you know, with, I guess, if you want to call Andy Dalton shoring up your ranks. But at the same time, I think that Jimmy G is absolutely within that top 25 guys that, you know, and I think that he's been more of a game manager as of late. I think someone giving him a little bit more responsibility, he might be able to handle that and give a team a shot to win. 
The other thing that I knew off the top of my head was that Jimmy G, all the money or most of the money in his contract is up as far as the guarantees go. And when that's the case, typically the, the dead cap hit for trading that guy is very, very minimal. And that makes it all the more tradable for you. It makes it a better deal for you as the tradee. Because like we saw with Carson Wentz or with Jared Goff, that cap hit still stays with you and you have dead money on your books for that guy to play with someone else. So like I said, when I first saw this trade, immediately I said to myself, okay, what are the destinations for Jimmy G? Because like I said, you don't make this trade up unless you've got a quarterback in mind and it's quite clear that they have their sights set on Justin Fields at this point, it would be an upset to me to for them to take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Feels like that's the only other person that they could really be thinking about at this point, because I don't think that Mac Jones really fits the bill as much in today's NFL because it is so much more based on the mobility of a quarterback. Not that they don't need, still need to be able to do all the other requisite quarterback things, but it's all the more useful in today's NFL for your quarterback to be able to move and be able to get away from the rush. Now, San Francisco doesn't have to necessarily be in a hurry to move on from Jimmy G. They still have another year of control after this one. So they don't have to necessarily move on from him. And that's the indications that they've given at this point is that they're going to use Jimmy G as a caddy, as a bridge quarterback to give Justin Fields some time to get acclimated before throwing him into the fire. Whether that's a smart strategy or not is up for debate. I feel like because of Jimmy G's injury history, you know, at this point, he hasn't really been exposed all that much you know, one way or another, as far as can he be the guy on this type of team, et cetera. So, you know, if they give Jimmy G a full year and he shows poorly, you could be trading a declining asset next year. But if you're, if you have a plan and this is what it is, and you're willing to take that risk and, you know, he could play better and you could be, you know, get an appreciating asset, but if he plays better and then you've drafted this quarterback and you've spent all this you know, draft capital on him. I mean, it's just a whole mess as far as him and Jimmy G go at that point. So in your best case scenario, you've got a quarterback mess on your hands. I guess, you know, having more assets and less assets is a good thing. So we'll go with that. But still, I just thought initially when I saw it that I would be talking about Jimmy G out the door at some point. And you know what? That still may be the case. We don't know. Everybody, as the million dollar man said, everybody has a price and, you know, maybe the Patriots come calling or maybe somebody comes calling with a solid pick and Jimmy G still gets moved. But the early indications are, is that he's going to stay and be the Tyrod Taylor (laughs) for the 49ers. The 49ers have a good team around the quarterback position. And I got to think that, you know, if they were able to get competent quarterback play over the year, that they could be a contender and the like, you know, after their Super Bowl year, you know, they kind of fell off a little bit, but it is what it is. And we'll just need to see kind of how they approach this, but they did give up a pretty penny as far as the three first rounders and the third rounder. Although I believe they got the third rounder for Robert Sala getting hired in the first place as a minority coach. So that helps, but still, anytime you're trading 
three first round picks. That's still a very big deal. And we'll have to see how that works out. Now, there's also the implication for the New York Jets side of this, because like I said, this trade revealed the intentions of the New York Jets as well. If the New York Jets are going to take Zach Wilson, maybe they keep Sam Darnold for one year and, you know, treat him as the caddy. But I got to think that they make a trade as well. They haven't come out and said one way or another. I mean, this just happened and they weren't a part of the trades that happened. So it doesn't really behoove them to really come out and say much anyway. But in the same way that I was pretty sure that Jimmy G would probably be traded if this is the route they were going to go because they have a strong team already. I didn't feel the same way about the Jets team, but I still feel like my gut reaction is that they'll probably end up trading Sam Darnold. And like I said, my gut could still be proven right as far as the Jimmy G thing goes. That's just kind of what they're saying right now in a season that where there's no real benefit to telling the truth necessarily. It's really more about pushing your own narrative. But to me, like I said, Sam Darnold probably on the way out. I'd love to see the Bears get him, even though they have a lot of the same offensive line issues that the Jets have. Because let me be clear, as far as a landing spot for Sam Darnold, I think if Sam Darnold gets in the right situation, he could absolutely deliver for a team. I saw flashes of good quarterback when I made the video for his highlights. And I mean, as far as him running the ball, being mobile, and then making flash passes to, you know, subpar NFL weapons with a subpar line, I saw a lot of those things from Sam. And, you know, you, you get a little bit uh, snake bit when your offensive line can't really produce and, and, you know, puts you under pressure more often than not. And then your number one receiver is Jamison Crowder with Denzel Mims kind of working his way in there. I think if they force Zach Wilson into that same scenario, I don't think he's going to look a lot better than Sam Darnold did. And certainly they've added Corey Davis over the top of their other options and they're going to have capital as far as increasing the, uh, the competency of the offensive line, et cetera. And even Becton getting another year under his belt is going to help, no doubt. But they just really haven't done a good job of putting stuff around Sam Darnold. And I think some team, was, if they're just willing to take a flyer on us with a second or third round pick, could be in for a bargain. And there's plenty of teams that you know have an older starter or, you know, really have a bereft situation as far as their quarterback situation that could benefit from taking a flyer on Sam Darnold. And, you know, like I said, I was, I had been leaning towards them, you know, actually possibly keeping him and, you know, trying to build around him. But the 49ers kind of forced my hand on that one. Luckily, I'm glad that I didn't have to think that for too long, because like I said, this telegraphed everything for both these teams. Now we're talking Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields kind of seems like it's written in pen at this point. Now might get, might be able to get some wide out, you know, somebody really bowls somebody over and, and the like, but it seems like all the plans are in place for that. And it's going to be up to who the next quarterback needy team is to go from there. Probably shoots Carolina Panthers in the foot a little bit. They have been really hot and heavy after a quarterback, you know, I, I watched some Teddy Bridgewater recently and he hadn't really been showing me all that much. He showed me that he was probably a top 30 quarterback in the whole world, but he's probably towards the back end of that. And, you know, if you're operating on that back end of the NFL starter range, 
that's usually a tough place to be if you're not rocking a big time defense like the Baltimore Ravens or something along those lines. Back when they had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, I mean, you know, Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl in that instance, but takes a lot of different confluences coming together to make that happen. So I wouldn't count on it. And most teams don't count on it. So we'll see how that works out for these teams, but still I'm excited for San Francisco. I'm interested for the jets. They've got a lot of proving to do that. They can put together an actual competent NFL franchise. So I want to see that first, but you know, I didn't really feel like, the 49ers had a very good path to getting someone that was better than Jimmy G. I felt like they were probably going to keep him, even though he does a lot of things good, but he doesn't really do anything great. It's kind of where I land on him. You know, he's got good arm strength, but not great. He makes good decisions, but it's not always there. I mean, they're looking to upgrade off that too. And I think I'm excited for the 49ers on that aspect of it, because I think Kyle Shanahan is a really good offensive coach and, you know, given the right signal caller, I think he can take the 49ers to the next level. He just hasn't gotten the opportunity. Um, well, you know, he got into a Super Bowl at one point with Jimmy G and then Jimmy G has been injured Otherwise, and he's been having to work with Nick Mullins, who I like Nick Mullins all right, but it's not going to take you to the promised land. And, you know, it just uh, it's, even if they do keep Jimmy G and they have, you know, Justin Fields as the backup, that's still a 30 times better quarterback situation than what they were rocking. So, you know, and with Justin Fields is, you know, upside. I mean, I, I see Justin Fields as stepping onto the field immediately and being the third fastest quarterback in the NFL. There's Kyler, there's Lamar in some order. Kyler's quicker. Maybe Lamar has better, uh, you know, running a hundred yard dash speed, but Justin Fields steps somewhere in the middle of that. He's so super fast. He's shifty. He throws the ball. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about Justin Fields. So I'm excited for the 49ers to, you know, get this done. And, uh, like I said, I'm excited to know that these three franchises are going to have quarterbacks that can kind of propel them forward. And we'll just kind of have to see what the organizations can do with it. The jets have been a mess for so long that I'm not hopeful for anybody they bring in at this point, but at least that seems to me that they've been making some good decisions at this point. So we'll see. Now the second half of this is the Miami dolphins turned right around and traded the number 12 pick as well as a switch of third round picks and a future first rounder in 2022. Although it's not specified whether it's the 49ers 2022 or the dolphins, they both kind of have equal outlooks at this point, I guess. So, okay. I'm not really concerned which first rounder it is. Essentially Miami dolphins kind of split up the, the hall with the Eagles gave them one of the first round picks that they got for moving down and moved back up themselves to number six. Now this doesn't have the same exact implications that the other trades do because it doesn't really involve quarterbacks all that much. I mean, really Philadelphia and the dolphins have quarterbacks that they're trying to develop, whether they'll be dependable starters, you know, four years from now, we'll see. But at this time, they're both kind of committed to their various picks from the last year's draft in Tua and Jalen Hurts. 
I like both of them to a certain degree. I don't know that either one of them are top five NFL quarterbacks uh, of the future, but at the same time, they both flash things that I could see that would make them NFL starters if they're capable of building on it. Uh, Tua, the game was just going way too fast for him last year. They did not have a quality offensive line. They did not have a bunch of quality weapons. They had Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, and Miles Gaskin for part of the year. Outside of that, their options really lacked. And when you throw a, a subpar offensive line on top of that, it doesn't really make for great offense. Although you could see flashes of the accuracy of him, you know, being able to put, hit the different parts of the field he needs to hit and have mobility uh, with that accuracy on top of it, as far as being able to move around in the pocket and get yards with his legs. You know, if he's able to, you know, build strength another year away from that horrific injury, if he's able to slow the game down and kind of understand it more and just be more on top of it from that angle, I can see Drew Brees with legs, you know, really coming out of this Tua situation. And then, you know, with Jalen Hurts, you know, he's definitely, you know, using his mobility. He had to with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you can see that if he's able to develop a little bit more as a passer, that there could be something there for him, too. Uh, Really what the trade was more about, I think that the Eagles would have traded up for Zach Wilson if they could. But, you know, getting that first round pick, moving back six spots and still likely being able to get someone they would have targeted anyway is a good get for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think what it more telegraphs as far as the two teams goes is the Miami Dolphins wanted to get back in range for a wide receiver or possibly an t- offensive tackle. You know, they doesn't really say one way or another which one it's going to be, but either way, I would be on board for the Miami Dolphins to draft a top flight tackle or a top flight ride receiver. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the same exact boat as them as it turns out and you know being a pick ahead of them I also got to think that the Atlanta Falcons are not going to draft a wide receiver so if the Miami Dolphins true aim is to get one of those top two wide receivers they essentially just guaranteed themselves to do so because even if the Cincinnati Bengals take one they're still the other you know whether it's Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith So one of those two is coming to the Miami Dolphins with this move. It's just a question of which one and who does Cincinnati go with and the like. Kind of seems like Cincinnati would be likely to reunite Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. So Tua would be reunited with Devontae Smith at that point, which I feel like would probably be the best case scenario for both those guys outside of playing with somebody that's really top five or top 10 quarterback that is probably out of this range to draft them anyway. So Philadelphia gets the extra pick. Miami gets back in position. They pick up the extra first rounder as well as the extra third to do so. I think it's smart moves all around for all the different teams and kind of works on all the different levels. So, you know, everybody kind of seems to be in the range they want to be in and they got a pick to do so. And, you know, like I said, I don't think Philadelphia was going to be in the mix to draft one of those other quarterbacks in the first place. Maybe somebody tries to move up and and grab another one as far as Trey Lance goes. So there still could be some movement as far as these picks go, but it was exciting to see some of the dominoes fall today rather than at draft time. So we could kind of look at it and really get a feel for what these different teams are thinking. Cause it was really apparent with these moves that there was some, definitely some things telegraphed within these teams and some plans have already been made for a lot of these franchises. So them going out 
making these moves is cool so that we can kind of dissect it and really know what's what. Now we know Zach Wilson probably going to the Jets. Justin Fields probably going to the 49ers. I mean, certainly maybe they have their eye on someone else and they'll throw me a curveball, but that's kind of how I see it at this point. Like I said, with Justin Fields, you're just talking about a guy that that's immediate top three quarterback speed on the field for a league that's going that way. And Kyle Shanahan typically has a good feel for that and is able to adapt to all those different things and just hasn't had the ability to do so in the same way that Sean McVay hadn't had the ability to do so went out and got Matthew Stafford. Now Kyle Shanahan's kind of upping his game and, you know, putting his future in the hands of another quarterback, whether, you know, Jimmy G still plays another year that remains to be seen. That's what they're telegraphing that he's going to be around, but I don't know. We'll see. I think Justin Fields is a hella interesting prospect and I want to see what another quarterback can do in the Kyle Shanahan system. Just like I want to see what another quarterback can do with Sean McVay. I want want both those things. And it turns out I'm going to get both of them. How exciting is that? I just couldn't have seen this coming. And there's a bunch of teams that are mad right now being the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos because their starters right now are kind of on the low end too. So if you're going to count anybody, the loser of this trade, I guess it's them. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more that the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles are the winners, but 49ers are a winner too. I'm excited for them. I was saying that the 49ers are one of those teams that could afford to make a Sean Watson move because they are kind of set up to win now had they had the right signal caller in place. Now maybe they can. Maybe it's Jimmy G. Maybe it works out and they end up trading Justin Fields, but I don't know. I don't think so. I think Jimmy G is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Anybody you're drafting in the top three this year has a chance to be a great quarterback. I don't know that I like either one of them, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, as much as I like Trevor Lawrence, but duh. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is kind of one of those prospects that everybody's liked for several years that teams have been kind of setting up their boards for. And the Jets blew that and gave that to the Jaguars. But, I mean, nobody wants to be an 0-16 team, too. So, I get it. Well, that's what I've got for these trades today. If you've gotten to this point and haven't done so, like, listen, and subscribe, of course. But also download the podcast. Let me know you're here and listening and that you're enjoying the podcast. And uh, otherwise, have a great rest of your day.